This is Josh Smith, pastor of Prince Avenue Baptist Church in Bogart, Georgia. Our mission at Prince is simple, leading people to trust and follow Jesus. And it's our hope that this sermon would help accomplish that mission. For more information about our church, visit us at pabc.org. Instead of taking $70,000 and saying, if anybody needs it, they can come to the church and get it, we're giving it to you. Before you leave today, you're gonna get an envelope with a $100 bill in it. Every family, every single, every college student, the wealthiest man in this county or in Clark County doesn't need $100, but imagine how it would touch their soul if you use that $100 for some act of grace and kindness and gospel metaphor in their life that no one has ever done because no one thinks they need it. He gave me an opportunity to reach out to my friend who doesn't know Jesus and buy lunch for him. One of our new co-workers at the company where I work, uh, he just came on. And shortly after he came on, his 22-year-old son was killed in a car accident. And uh, God put it on our heart to use that money to help relieve some of the burden there with, with that family. We had a new neighbor move into our neighborhood and we got a gift card for him. Yeah, so with my $100, I made blessing bags for the building services workers at UGA. I bought the ingredients to bake pancakes for the guys on the wrestling team. Uh, a ministry here in town called Chosen for Life. So our, our family's been praying for and excited about just coming alongside foster families. I have a friend named Amy who I used to work with but then has been um, part of an acting class I've been doing and we got to go out to dinner after one of our classes. I have some Muslim neighbors who I've gotten to know a little bit and I want to get to know better. So I have made Easter baskets for their children. We have a neighbor who recently lost his dad and we blessed him with a gift card and also bought a tree for him to plant in memory of his father. We had a store employee at a AutoZone that uh, went way beyond her means of needing to service us and so we uh, prayed about it and went back to the store. Uh, my wife bought some gift cards and we took them back to her. So when we were leaving church one day, uh, we saw a van that was parked on the side of the road with this light flashing. So we pulled up behind and were offered to help. And the gentleman inside was deaf. And he said that he needed a tow and text message. So I, I realized right then that this was our opportunity. Uh, an elderly lady who's a widow, uh, she's wheelchair bound and that she is uh, being cared for by her young autistic son. So we picked up some flowers and got the address and went to visit with her. Since we're new to the area, we didn't know anyone in our neighborhood and we noticed that there were several families with children, so I made resurrection and trade. We uh, invited uh, the aftercare workers at our kids' school at, at Prince Avenue. We invited them over for dinner. Hey, we used this opportunity to get a Bible in the hands of one of my volunteers. So we took our 100 Sunday money and the Lord immediately told me about a couple that um, their patients where I work, they both are dealing with cancer and we went and picked up groceries for them. Um, and we took our money and we got um, a truckload of food from a ministry called I Serve Ministries. Um, and give uh, food to about 300 families. Um, a friend of mine um, who ended up having a cancer diagnosis um, was unexpectedly hospitalized and had surgery 
and we were able to minister to her and her family. A few weeks ago, I went to Texas to help lead a D-NOW weekend for a church out there, and we did a missions project on Saturday. And I'd been thinking about the $100, what was I going to do with it, but I really wasn't sure. And we did this missions project at a home for juvenile boys, and I talked to the lady who runs the place for quite a while, and we talked and laughed, and I learned so much about um, what they do for these guys. And I asked her, I said, quite literally, what do you need? And she said, we need prayer, but practically, we need toilet paper. And so I called my dad, and I said, Dad, you're about to get the weirdest Amazon purchase. And I sent um, this home for boys, I sent them $100 worth of toilet paper. You see, $100 not given, but $100 used can have a massive impact on the people around you. Amen. Well, on February 21st of this year, we gave away $63,000 cash on a Sunday morning. And uh, I had never done anything like that. I was pretty sure it was a good idea, but not incredibly positive. And uh, it was an incredible experience. God did some great things. And we ask you to do four things with it. We ask you to pray and to ask God what he wanted you to do with it. We ask you to look and to keep your eyes open for opportunities. We ask you to use the money, not just give it away, but to use it in someone's life and then to report back to us. And you did. And this morning, we want to celebrate that. We want to celebrate it because we want to take some time to give God the glory for the great things that he has done. We want to give him thanks for the things that he has done. And we talked about the fact on that day from Hebrews, Hebrews 10, 24, our desire was to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. And because of that, we believe these stories help stimulate us and encourage us to continue to do so. We really believed that God had blessed us as a church in fantastic ways, and it was our responsibility then to bless others. But we really believed also that if we got this money into your hands, you would do stuff with it that we would never do ourselves. We knew that God would give you ideas and you vision and you desire to do things, and what God did was nothing short of miraculous. So this morning, let's celebrate, and I wanna begin by doing some in-the-room personal testimonies. We're gonna turn it over to Adam Tarver in the Tabernacle, who right now is gonna interview a few people who had some great stories. Thank you. <laughs> Good morning, Prince family. We're so excited to join together and celebrate everything that God did through 100 Sunday. This morning, we have three awesome individuals here in the Tabernacle that have three really awesome stories to share. First of which is Haley Bartlett. Haley is a freshman in our college ministry, and Haley has just an incredible story about how she used her money to bless some girls in her dorm. So Haley, would you mind sharing your story with us? Yeah, so I started um, a Bible study in my dorm. God allowed me to do that. Um, so with the money, um, I've just been praying through um, starting one since like I got to college. Um, I kind of told my family group about it in the beginning and like we've been praying for it, like God would give me the boldness to do it. And so when I got the money, like I kind of felt God pushing me to start the Bible study and with the money I used it to buy snacks for it. And so I made chocolate covered strawberries for the girls. and. So with this, like, I, was, I didn't really want to do it. Like, I was like, I don't want to. But, like, with the prayer that, um, you know, my family group provided and, like, people and my friends provided for me, like, the Spirit just really gave me the boldness to, like, send a message in my dorm group chat about a Bible study, which I really expected no one to respond to. But it turned out, like, 14 girls responded. <laughs> and so um, we started a Bible study, and 
a whole bunch of girls showed up. So I had like 10 girls in my small little dorm room one night um, or one, one evening. And um, it was just really great to like be able to meet girls on my hall that I haven't really like gotten the chance to like have a connection with before because of COVID. Um, so a lot of the girls in my hall came um, and they were just like, we got to know each other. And then we started walking through Ephesians together and we just kind of like built so many connections um, just through the word and like just talking about it. Um, and like, this just really allowed me to pour into girls in my dorm. And like, it was just such a great experience to like meet them and hear their stories and um, just really be able to like pour into them and love on them. And I invited other believers, um, some of my friends, and just being able to like hear the different backgrounds that the girls in the dorms um, in the dorm um, have um, has really impacted my life. Um, and just like obviously the word um, impacts my life so much, just being able to read it with other girls. Um, it was just something like so special. And I just, I'm really hoping like that God will allow this to continue throughout the next four years, um, hopefully. Um, but it's been great. It's awesome. One of the things I like the most about that is how your community rallied around you and prayed for you and encouraged you in that as well. So thank you so much for sharing that story, Haley. Next, we have Hunter Brew. Hunter has grown up here at Prince Avenue Baptist Church, and he's been a part of our college ministry for the past couple of years. And Hunter has just a really cool story about how he used his money to bless some of his coworkers at Chick-fil-A. So Hunter, will you tell that story to us? Yeah, so immediately after I got the 100, I stuck it in my Bible, and I had no clue what I was going to do with it, and I just prayed over it for weeks and weeks, and I just had no clue what I was going to do, and then God revealed to me, it's just like, hey, you don't have to do anything super complicated with it, and I just simply was like, why don't I just, how can I bless and love on those around me at where I work, and so I was just like, what if I just bought a bunch of Jittery Joe's gift cards and gave them to every single person there one night? Well, I was like, well, kind of, there's a lot of people I work with, so I didn't have the funds to do so. So I called up my good friend and coworker, Sam Ash, and his wife, Esther. And they went in with me, and we went to Jerry's, bought a ton of gift cards, and handed them out one night at work. And it was just really cool through that, being able to meet and talk with people that I hardly ever spoke to before, and getting to build those relationships with people and hear their different stories and different backgrounds, and have cool opportunities to invite those people to small groups and Bible studies and things. So... That's awesome. And just for perspective, how many coworkers are we talking here? We had 40 coworkers that evening. So 40 Jittery Joe's gift cards. That's absolutely incredible. Thank you, Hunter, for sharing that story. Uh, and last, if you don't know, this is my wife, Jillian. She's awesome. And she's here to share a story. We had the opportunity to pair up with one of our college students who's a senior in our college ministry. His name's Joshua Mira. Josh couldn't be here to share this story himself this morning. So Jillian's going to share it with us. So Jillian, why don't you take it away? Yeah, so like Adam said, our good friend and college student in our ministry, Josh Mira, um, partnered with us for our 100th Sunday idea. And one cool thing about Josh is he has really just befriended his neighbors in his apartment complex. And they all happen to be international students from India. And Josh has already invited them over and sh shared meals with them before. And Adam has joined them, but I have not ever had the opportunity to meet with them before. And if you know anything about me, you know that I love to cook. And so naturally when Adam was over there eating with them, he was hyping up my cooking to them. And so whenever we got the 100 Sunday money, we knew that we wanted to bless them with it. So I just went to town with the $100 and I made just this epic Italian feast for all of us. I think we had about four of them come over to our house 
And I know they were just so excited by it. They came over and they got to watch me kind of finish off part of the meal. And they were all crowded around the grill with me. And uh, they were asking if they could stop and take pictures of everything. And so it was just really fun to spend that time and build those friendships with them. Um, and not only did it bless them, um, but they want to bless us in return too. So they have offered to make a traditional Indian meal for us sometime in the future. So that's really exciting to just kind of further those relationships. And another way that it blessed me personally is just that you see all throughout scriptures how Jesus reclined at the table and he shared meals with people. And it just felt like that's exactly what we were doing that night when they came over. So we just want to do that even more in our own lives. Just have our home be a place where people come over and they feel loved and special and valued and hear about the gospel through us. And um, through building those friendships with this group of people, uh, sort of like outside of the church context, I know it's made them more comfortable and a lot more willing to come to some of the church events that we've invited them to. So we've had them come to our family group parties and Prince College nights where they are explicitly hearing the gospel. So. That was our story. Well, that's been awesome. So here in the Tabernacle and in the Worship Center, let's just join together and celebrate these stories. So thankful for all that God has done. And we're going to turn it back over to the Worship Center and hear a few more stories there. So you guys take it away. Well, one of my favorite moments from the day that we did this on February 21st is in the first service, right when I got done uh, preaching, I said, I love you. I love being your pastor. I walked down and about six seconds later, someone tapped me and I looked and it was my buddy Jeremiah and he already had his idea and it was a great idea. And so uh, tell us about that idea you had right there during the service. Well, I bought Bibles for all 18 of my classmates. That's awesome. So he wanted to buy, amen. So Jeremiah immediately said, he goes to public school, he wanted to buy Bibles and pass them out to all of his students, so we lawyered up, and um, we're getting excited about how to do this. But you all had a great idea of how to do this, which I actually didn't know about until the first service, and it's incredible. So Blake, tell us a little more how you, how you did that. So yeah, you know, he went straight from you to me, and uh, Daddy, we gotta buy 18 Bibles, gonna get them all my classmates, and, and some, you know, the Holy Spirit just confirmed it. Yeah, this is what you need to do. So our praying was how to do this. Yeah. Um, and, and figuring out some of the logistics. And what we came up with was um, some gift bags for each of the classmates. Um, so we put a Bible in there, some candy, uh, an invite to Camp 78. And uh, Jeremiah hand wrote a note in there, you know, wishing him a happy Easter, telling him God loves you. It was a really, really cool thing that, um, good idea. Allison, I think, was the, the driver behind the gift bags. But um, then we sent Jeremiah to school with his notepad and said, you got to get your classmates' addresses. 18 second graders with a second grader transcribing everything. <laughs> so Allison's a property researcher. She was able to figure it out somehow and send Jeremiah and I to the right places when we went to their houses to deliver them. Um, and we were able to do something that a lot of parents hadn't been able to do this year. And that was to meet students and their parents because, you know, because of COVID we'd all been kept apart. So, uh, we were able to encourage a lot of people that we met, um, you know, invite folks to church uh, in some of the homes. I know that it was probably the first time the word of God had made it inside the door frame. Mm. So, uh, we are, we know that delivering the bags wasn't the end goal. The end goal really is the, the work that the spirit's going to do, uh, with, through the word of God in their homes and through that encouragement and that gesture that we were able to make thanks to a hundred Sunday. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. Amen. 
This is Ross. Well, I want to say Ross. This is Roscoe Davison. Uh, I knew about one thing that Roscoe had done because he told me, and so I asked him to share it. And he said, "Well, I have six things." And uh, so we've narrowed those six things down to two things because all six were great. But he's going to tell us two of the exciting things that uh, God led him to do. Yeah, I, I and I did try to share those six things in the first service, and it got a little lengthy. Because, <laughs> but I do want to I do want to share with you the fact that it relates to my wife of 46 years and went to be with the Lord about 10 years ago. Well, that might and I, uh, and at, at that point, I went through that grieving process and being without her and every one of these examples, and, and I'm going to share one out of, from, from Athens and from, uh, and another one from a relationship I developed in Atlanta. And the, <clears throat> And one of the things that Josh challenged us to all do when we began this process is pray diligently. And I prayed diligently. And he provided, first off, four individuals in Athens. And then three weeks later, he provided two more in Atlanta. So I'm going to start with Wendell. And Wendell is my neighbor across the street. He, uh, his Lord went to, <clears throat> or his wife went to be with the Lord about eight months ago, and I saw the process she went through in dealing with cancer and in dealing with the time at home under hospice care, and I knew he, and I saw him struggling with it. So I <clears throat> have spent some time with Wendell, and, um, and in, in the process, I did. I realized that he, he needed that care and, and relationship, fellowship, but I also realized that he, uh, he needed, to, because he shared several things with me, he needed to also have a better relationship with the Lord in terms of understanding the Bible. So I purchased a Bible for him, and we set up a time. I've been meeting with him, and once a week, we're going, going through diligently also, but we spend time fellowshipping. And, uh, and then once in a while, he'll call me. Say, can we meet again? I said, Wendell, I'll try, but let's, let's stick to what we've planned and laid out. <laughs> but uh, but he, is a, he is a great guy, and he is growing. And he is open to hearing the word. Yeah. And, uh, and then, uh, and I say, we need, I need to be careful when, or we need to be careful when we pray and asking the Holy, Holy Spirit to, enlighten us because I <clears throat> have two individuals and I'm going to refer to them as Dan and Paul in Atlanta and that particular relationship developed from Dan is a specialist, eye specialist who have uh, been to and have known for 20 years and he fits contact lens and shares a lot every time I've been with him he shares the things about his life but he particularly asked me one day, can you stay a little bit longer? I have some things I'd like you to share about some professional things that go on in my life and, and ask you to pray for me. And we did that. And then I was about ready to leave and he said, but uh, I, need, I have one more request. I have a patient, another patient, who just experienced the death of his wife from breast cancer of over a, about a year process. And his name is Paul. And would you be willing to meet with Paul? I said, oh, certainly. So two weeks later, we met 
spent time with Paul and learned he was, he was really struggling and uh, shared with him my relationship and the process I went through and, and Helene's dealing with her illness, which was for 18 years, we monitored it at, at uh, Emory, but, but we met uh, and I learned that uh, Paul is, all, is um, not a believer. And so I bought a Bible. I also bought a Bible for, for uh, uh, Wendell. But I, I bought a Bible and uh, asked uh, Dan to set up, when I go back, we're going to set up uh, a time to expand a little bit in terms of where he is in his, in his grieving process as well as his growing in relationship with the Lord and understanding that relationship. And uh, one of the things that, uh, pa that Pastor Josh wanted each of us to, to share was um, how, the, how this whole process impacted our lives. And I've been in D groups and Bible study groups and certainly have grown a lot in that, but I have not experienced what I've experienced in this. And I have grown tremendously in reaching out to neighbors and others that the Holy Spirit puts in my process. And, uh, and then the final point I want to share is um, we've been asked also to indicate how we spent the dollars. Well, I didn't spend the dollars. I used my dollars, and I'm not saying it in bragging anyway, but I, the Lord has certainly uh, granted me success in my life and what I've done with those dollars, I've just put them back in the box down the, uh, down the hall and asked the staff to see if we cannot expand what happened in my life with some other folks. So the, I just praise the Lord for the whole process. I love it. Thanks, Roscoe. Amen. So because of uh, Roscoe's story, you'll know next year when we do 200 Sunday what it's about. Um, now, speaking of that, when I promoted one, this is the Downs, Jordan and Ashley. When I promoted 100 Sunday before anybody knew what it was, Ashley tried to figure it out. And uh, I read your story uh, as I read all the stories this week. And I was really touched by what God led you all to do. So why don't you tell us that story? Okay. Um, well, and... To what I thought I had figured out, I feel like I need to say it from the first service. I thought we were starting a church plant and you're going to ask a hundred people to start a church plant in Athens. And I was bound to determine I was going to be the first person like up, like to come forward. So that was the big mystery of what I thought the hundred Sunday was. But, um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I don't know about you guys, but when pastor Josh, um, announced the initiative a few weeks or promoted it a few weeks before it was announced. Um, I felt like a kid on Christmas morning because I know that Prince, um, everything they do, they do for the kingdom and they do um, just with pure hearts and 100% effort. And um, I just knew it was going to be wonderful. And I wanted to figure out what it was so I could start thinking and how I could get plugged in. And um, so 
Um, I dug around, like I thought it was a church plant. I was like, there's no building plans. Um, there's uh, no non new nonprofits coming up. I was like, ah, I don't know. But um, so when at the church service, we usually come to the second one. I was at the first service because I wanted to be the first to hear. And um, when they said the $100, the $100, I just immediately was like, oh, what can we do? What can we do? Um, the serving our community is just near to my heart. And so I had a lot of ideas and none were bad. They just were good, but I knew they were my ideas or Jordan's ideas. And, um, of course I thought my ideas were better than his sometimes, but whatever we, um, could we, I just knew that it was what I was thinking and not what the Lord was leading us to. So, um, I was actually getting kind of scourged because it took me a week or two or us a week or two to, um, really decide what to do. And you know, when you're praying, you're saying, Lord, I'm not really sure I need you to show me that that usually means you're going to be um, pushed out of your comfort zone and you better be prepared, um, you know, for what the Lord is going to lead you to. So, so when, <clears throat> when we decided what we were going to do, we were trying to figure out how to do it in a way where it wouldn't feel uncomfortable or not genuine. So we re reached out to a, uh, a teenager in our community, somebody that was, you know, the one who was pinned for the, anything that went wrong in our community, everyone assumed this, this person might've done it. This person lost a parent in the last 12 months or so. And somebody that I'd even had, you know, crosswords with at some point in time. Um, we just felt like we needed to do something and show that there were bigger than that. And so we reached out to this, this person and we decided the best way to do it would be through work. And so I invited him over to help me do a bunch of projects that I needed help with. There were two people jobs. And through that, we worked together. I was able to get to know him a little bit, build some trust, uh, talk a little bit about his life, a little bit about my life, and you know, a lot of similarities. I mean, I was a trouble. I got in trouble a little bit growing up as well. So I was able to share with him and kind of show that we're all, we're all imperfect people. Through that, uh, we were able to feed him lunch. We sat down and had a nice family lunch, shared, and I thought, maybe this is it. You know, maybe this is the last time we'll have this conversation. Uh, but two weeks later, he reached out. I helped him with a project he was working on. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, he's reached out several times, just checking in. And so I feel like the seed's planted. And, and I think that, you know, I look back on, the, on this, I reflect on this and think, why did it take a charge, you know, from Pastor Josh and, and, and the church's $100 to get me to do something, you know, in my own community and plant that seed. So I appreciate the challenge. Amen. Let's praise the Lord. Amen. Not only did we ask the question, uh, what did you do? But we asked how God used this in your life. So let's turn our attention back to the screens and uh, see some more testimonies of how God used it in the lives of those who uh, gave the money. The last thing is this, we're asking you to report, to tell us, because we wanna hear testimonies. And asking God, how can you use your resources and what God has given you for his kingdom? And then we want regular testimonies because we really believe that these resources, which we were gonna use for missions, are gonna be better used in your hands as you seek to do what God wants you to do with them. I don't have a bunch of money to be taking people out to eat all the time, so it was, a, it was just an opportunity I don't normally have. It actually, as Pastor Josh was talking about, stimulating us to good works, there was another coworker uh, in our office who I know is going through a hard time with her mom's health, and, uh, the $100 that we used for the church stimulated us to give 100 of our own dollars to help this other co-worker. Yeah, I just really started reflecting on the blessings that I have, so I think God was just kind of showing me, like when I first heard about Sunday, I was thinking about how, how many of the blessings that I had and how I just wanted to pay it forward. What they got to see was the gospel lived out 
not in a church setting, um, but in my house. Um, I shared Jesus with them on the wrestling mat, and then they came to my house and they got to see the gospel lived out. I do feel like we, we've prayed about it uh, frequently over the last several weeks. How can we use this money? Where's the Lord calling us to use this money? Uh, and it was awesome for, for, for our girls to be able to kind of uh, pray about it and be a part of that uh, exercise. I think that the 100 Sunday sparked um, a creativity in me that I think has always been there because the Spirit's been there, but to really focus on asking the Lord um, what He would have for me every day to listen and follow. And not just with $100, but in every moment, how can I um, have a conversation that's uplifting with someone? How can I pray for someone? Oh my goodness, it was such a blessing. So much so that I went to another lady and I took my own money and blessed her. The Lord just showed me how creative He is and how um, awesome it is to be that vessel for Him. And to use it for those who are lost is just a really cool experience. We moved here three years ago, and I have been praying that God would help us to find a way to reach our neighbors. And through this $100, it just gave me a very natural opportunity to reach out to my neighbors. This has really made me want to even do even more than I feel like we do for others. Um, I want God to bring opportunities and just to be faithful to uh, listen to Him when someone is in need. Since our own son is a missionary and is away, we were touched by the way Roger and his family cared for his family while his mother and dad while balancing being on the mission being on the mission field. For me it was just a general reminder that I should be looking for these opportunities every day. It shouldn't be something that we do as a special event through the church. You know, this is something that we should be looking to make the impact in other people's lives by our example. Not just money, but just sharing the love of Jesus. I mean that's what we're here for, right? So that's something that was really hit home with me. Uh, we've always been very hospitable, so it just stirred us to sort of get out of our cage, just being new in the area, and really get going again in our ministry of hospitality. It was really sweet, um, just to slow down and take the time to get to know them better, um, and also teach our kids that. It was just um, really a great blessing to be able to do that in such a so much bigger way than what we normally could have. And um, she was very appreciative and thankful for what God had done for them. From using the $100 for 100 Sunday, I learned uh, a lot. I'm really new to Prince, and so it was really cool to just get to serve alongside a church that really cares for their community. It was just really cool to get to be a part of that and get to pray into something and say, okay, God, where do you want me to use this? Jan and I are gonna make this more of a regular part of our lives, reaching out to others, you just need to know somebody cares. It has just made me a little more aware that there's people so less fortunate than us, um, and there's plenty that we can do, even if buying a cup of coffee for someone, um, just think outside the box of giving a lot of money and just do little things whenever you see the opportunity.
Well, over the last few weeks, I had uh, read some of the stories that had come in. Some had come to me by email, but most of them had come through the website, and so I hadn't seen many of them. And last Thursday, I got up early, and I read every single story uh, that had been submitted. And as I did, the tears began to flow. I really began to cry to the extent that I was shaking in my chair as I was just overwhelmed and amazed by all that was done. There were a few things that were really overwhelming to me. I was amazed by the creativity. I mean, the whole idea here was that we thought that you could come up with ideas that we couldn't come up with, that you would do things that were a part of your gifting, even thinking about Roscoe taking the, uh, the situation that had been entrusted to him with his wife's passing and using that specific thing to minister. The creativity was incredible. So many of you gave stories and told, and told uh, events that had happened that were unlike anything we would have ever come up with. God has given you by his spirit more creativity than you might have imagined. I was encouraged by the sensitivity to the spirit. Uh, I told you to look and to pray and to see what God would do. And some of you told stories about how there was someone that you passed or a place that you passed every day on your way home from work, but you had never stopped and you had never had a conversation. But because of this, you were thinking about it and you stopped and you talked and you had a conversation. Somebody told a story about being in a grocery store and they hold a child to ask for something and the mom said, we can't afford that. And the response was, I just wanna buy all of your groceries. You were listening, you were hearing, you were seeing things around you. The sensitivity was so incredible to see. I was also amazed by our unity. I didn't know how this was going to go. I had never brought $70,000 cash to church before and given away 63000 of it. I didn't know how you would respond, but the truth is you responded well. You were excited. You were engaged. Many of you were really anxious to be able to do this. I was so encouraged by the responses I received from you. I told our staff that there is no limit to what God can do with a church that's excited like this one is. When a church is unified, amen, and when a church is together, and when a church says, let's do this, let's engage in this together, you could have been cynical about it, you could have been sarcastic about it, but you weren't. You were engaged and you were unified, and the power of this was in the unity. The thing that amazed me the most was the capacity. So I just read these stories, and I went from story to story about all the things that were done, and I was thinking about all the lives that were touched. I mean, Roscoe had six, and then we had uh, 18, and all of their families that were touched here, the 14 that came to a dorm room Bible study, the 40 that got gift cards at Chick-fil-A. I mean, the capacity of what we were able to accomplish in this moment, I don't think I'd ever thought about it before. I'd never realized what you are able to do. I, I, think, I think so much about what can we do and what can the church do and how can we start ministries. But what I saw in this was what you were able to do. And that was what was so emotional for me. Because as I read that and I began to think about the capacity of what we could do, I realized in that moment something that I had not thought of before and that was reading those stories was an answer to a very specific prayer that I'd been praying. So the very first Sunday of the year, my brother Stephen Smith came and preached. And he preached from John chapter 2 on this idea of greater things. In John 1, Jesus tells the disciples, you're going to see greater things than this. And then in John 2, they see Jesus turn the water into wine. 
And he talked about how the way in which we see greater things is the same way now as it was then. We persevere in prayer. We ask God, we beg God to do greater things in our lives. And then we believe. We believe that God is able to do those things. And then we do all of those things for his glory and for his name. Because at the end of that, turning water into wine, it says these things Jesus did and he manifested his glory. Jesus does greater things so that he might be seen as greater. God used that message in my life. I mean, in a unique way. I, I hear a lot of sermons. I listen to a lot of sermons. I hear my own from time to time. And this one, God really used. It just stuck with me. And from that moment on, I went back that next day and I journaled through his sermon and I began to think about it more. And those two words have been the cry of my heart all year. Greater things, greater things, greater things. I think coming out of last year and the difficulty of that year, but knowing that uh, we were about to, I think, be going in a, in a new and a fresh way and wanting God to do more than we had seen him do in the past, knowing how many people were hurting and needed church and needed the Lord, I just really believe that this was a year for greater things. I lay in bed at night and I pray, God, greater things. I get up in the morning, I pray, God, greater things. But the difficulty of that is it's hard to know what greater things are. What are, what are greater things? I do know that Jesus cares about greater things. I know that Jesus wants us to care about greater things. I know that our God is a God of growth. He is a God of kingdom movement. He is a God that wants to see things expand. God puts in our, our hearts a desire for greater things. Just listen to what he says in John chapter 14 to his disciples. In John 14 verses 12 through 14 he says this. Truly, truly I say to you. Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Here it is. And greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. And all of the same things that I'd seen before were there. The believing, the persistent prayer, asking the Lord and then that desire, that longing to see greater things. Now, when Jesus said greater things, I can't believe he meant more spectacular things. It's, it's hard to do more spectacular things than Jesus did. So what did he mean? Well, it could have been a lot of things, but I think at the very least he meant this. He meant more people doing things. In other words, what we saw in the Gospels was three years of the ministry of Jesus Christ with Jesus and his 12 and a few others. We turn to the book of Acts and we see not three years, but 30 years of ministry. We don't just see Jesus and his disciples. We see their disciples and their disciples and their disciples. What we see within 30 years is exponential growth, this rapid growth of the kingdom that's all a result of more people doing the same things. When Jesus said, go make disciples of all nations, what he was saying is this, I want you to keep doing what I just did. And the reason it's greater things is because there's more people doing those things. And all of a sudden, as I began to read those stories, what I realized is that what I was reading was, was greater things. What I was reading was exactly what I had prayed God would stir up in our hearts. I was seeing greater things. I had never made the connection between my desire and prayer for greater things and 100 Sunday. I never saw it. But what God showed me was this. The way in which God does greater things is through a lot of small things. 
I never had thought about that before in my life. I, I just dream of all the great things that God wants to do and the, the churches we could plant and the unreached peoples we could reach and the things that we could do to advance the kingdom of Christ. And I think about all the big things that need to be done. And then all of a sudden I realize that every one of those things are done through small things. Sometimes it can get overwhelming to us to think about, God, uh, what do you want to do with my life? And we always hear, go do big things for God. Well, I want to tell you something different. My desire is not for you to do big things for God. My desire is for you to do little things for God. And when every single person in a church does little things for God, God turns those little things into big things. I mean, Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 where he says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever, amen. That's a corporate verse. The application of that is the local church. That how is it that we see God do far more abundantly than we could ever ask or think? The way is, is by every person in the church being active and engaged and involved. And I've been praying since the beginning of this that God would show us what he wants to teach us in this moment. It is right and good for us to stop for a Sunday, take a break from Hebrews, and just celebrate. And if all we did is celebrate, that would be enough because God needs to get the glory for this. But there's more than just a celebration. I really believe that one of the things God wants to invest, the primary thing he wants to invest in our church right now as a defining moment as we move forward to realize that every one of us doing little things ends up a great thing for God. And we want greater things. So contrary to what you might have been told, I have no expectation for you to do great things. I have expectation for you to do little things and God turned that into a great thing. Now to me, that not only relieves some pressure, but it really is exciting, isn't it? Because every one of us individually, we can do some neat things, but us together can do incredible things. The consistent theme throughout all of this is God's people praying. And that's why the first thing we ask you to do is just pray. And what happens when we pray is that God does open our eyes and he allows us to see things in a way that we haven't seen it before. He begins to take our eyes off of ourself and to see other people. As we pray, we get his heart. As we pray, we get his vision. We get his ears. As we pray, we get his sensitivity. As we pray, God moves. And so what God says to us is this, listen, my heart, the Lord says, is to do great things. I want to do it, but I need you to persevere and pray. And so this morning, I want us to do that. I think an appropriate way for us to end this day is to ask God that this would not be the end of the day. <laughs> that more and more and more, this would become a regular habit. That you would start to believe that your little things for the kingdom are massive when joined with the rest of the little things that are done. So this morning, I want to ask you to pray about two things. Number one, I want to ask you to pray that God would do greater things. That he would do greater things, that we would see things in our church beyond our imagination. And then pray for yourself that God would do that through your little things. That God would help you to just be faithful to do those things day in and day out. I was thinking this morning, if in the next year our church doubled in size literally doubled in size. And we went to three services and four services. And we did think, well, we need to plant some churches and send some people down the street. I, I think we would come to the end of that and think, man, God did some great things, didn't he? 
That's a little overwhelming to think, how can we grow the church and double it? How can we see more people saved and baptized than ever? But listen, the way that happens is every one of you just getting one person. It's a little thing. And so if all we want is God do big things and we forget to do the little things, God doesn't do the big things. We could double this church in the next year if every one of you got one person to come to church, led one person to Christ. It's about you doing your little things that God lays on your heart and believing that that can amount to something incredible. So this morning, I just wanna ask us to pray. As we come to the conclusion of our service, I want us to ask that we would uh, do what we often do. Some of you are not physically able or not comfortable doing this, that's fine, but if you are, I wanna ask in a minute, we get on our knees and we thank God for what he did, and then we pray for greater things and smaller things. Would you do that with me now? Let's turn and get on our knees. We can put our face there in that seat, and let's just pray, thanking the Lord, praying for greater things and smaller things for his glory. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this sermon. May you trust and follow Jesus more and lead others to do the same. For more information, visit us at pabc.org.